Shall we begin? Initiative, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. I'm Jordan, and alongside my co-host Zach, we share everything from our day-to-day tactics to long-term vision and strategy. Entrepreneurship is a journey, and we want to be a part of yours and want you to be a part of ours. Now let's get to work. In this week's episode, Zach and I go over the inception of a business idea and the process and formulation of bringing it into a reality. We give our thoughts and opinions on how to evaluate your idea, how to gauge the market, and how to structure your startup to navigate the initial rough waters. We want to give a podcast that goes beyond the simple how-to of any article online so that you can start your hustle today. If you find any value in this podcast, please share it with a friend, leave us a review, and subscribe to the show. If you'd like to connect with us, directly, please message us on our Instagrams, which will be in the notes. We don't only want to share information with you, we want to learn from you. Now, without further ado, welcome to episode two of the Apogee Initiative. Is that all you got? Let's begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Apogee Initiative number two, podcast number two. We made it to the second one. Hell yeah. We're coming back for more. Uh, we realized after our first one that we actually didn't explain what Apogee means, which <laughs> seems like the first point you'd make. Uh, so what Apogee means by definition is the highest point uh, in the development of something, uh, the climax or the culmination. Uh, and the initiative part is something that we want to encourage people to do. We want to encourage people to take the initiative to be the best they can possibly be, to reach the climax of their development. So that's explaining what we should have explained in the first Yeah, probably. Yeah. So uh, uh, what we have today is we're going to talk about how to, like the step-by-step and tips to starting a business. When we were first looking at creating a business, uh, well, I guess when anyone does, you you want online information. And what you find a lot of the times is they give you open-ended and very general things to do like or they'll skip over like the idea generation completely like there's no help in that yeah yeah and it's it's a difficult field to give information on because you know whatever your passion is you're building your business out of and there's so many different like options you can choose from it's hard to to help people you know a guy creating a mechanism that's going to change people's lives in comparison to a guy creating or like innovating food mm-hmm. is going to be different there's going to be a different thought process into it so we did our best to try and help out and give ideas to kind of get the pot stirring a little bit and to like help with that so what we did was uh, we're in the midst of creating an ebook and we created a skeleton i guess right now we want to add in visuals and graphics and uh, a little bit more uh, understanding to just words and text so that's going to be coming out in the future but we created the skeleton and we like to give it out on a podcast now yep and uh yeah, so hopefully hopefully this uh, this helps a lot of people out. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, let's do this shit. All right. So step number one is finding or formulating the business idea. So we believe that to do that, you have to first create an entrepreneurial mindset for yourself. Um, that means you need to be curious 
and always have a wild imagination with everything around you, constantly be questioning what can be done to better different things in your life. Uh, because that's t- honestly where most uh, great business ideas come from. Just little tweaks here and there to mm-hmm. things that already exist. Like little annoyances, right? Yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. Next, um, innovation and change in process, products, or ideas. Jordan, do you want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah. So uh, innovation and change can pretty much come uh, from anywhere. And you want to focus it on products that actually haven't changed in a long time. If you look at Uber, they took something that hadn't changed in like hundred years, like a system, a, a process, and a product that hadn't changed. Like the, the taxi cab industry hasn't yeah. changed in like a hundred years, and they revolutionized it. Yep. And now they're, um, I mean, they're going through whatever they're like the issues that they're going through because it's complicated because it's such an embedded, uh, embedded industry into every city. But I mean, it was a, an amazing idea to come out with. Uh, another one that involves this is uh, Dyson. What the story of, of what this guy did, I forget I forget the actual name of him, but what he was about he was in his forties or fifties and his wife on like a weekend was was vacuuming around him and she was complaining. She was complaining that the vacuum that they had just bought six months ago was just terrible now. It was falling apart and it wasn't, you know, working properly. Right. And he said, Why is it that every vacuum gives out after six months? Right. So he started tinkering into it and he started asking questions and he actually went in and started to try and learn the engineering and kind of mechanics behind like um how how each one works yeah and so what he actually did was he actually started to speak with people at universities and said i'd like i have an idea i'd like to research this can you send me undergraduates and master students mm-hmm. to like work with me as we're doing this and they spent years on developing a new type of system for a vacuum yeah totally. and now they have a an amazing company that does everything from vacuums to fans yeah. just because of that technology just because his wife was complaining about a vacuum and boom yeah right Perfect. like it's it's being it's being innovative and imaginative with your everyday items around you kind yeah. of thing because it can come from anywhere right awesome example yep um next you need to be, be willing to become a jack of all trades when you're starting a business you're gonna want to focus on a certain area but recognize that each aspect of the business is equally important mm-hmm. and you can't favor one or the other. You need to accept that as the entrepreneur, you need to be comfortable learning everything and expanding your skill set to accommodate all of the different things that you're going to need to learn to be successful. Like taking photo shoots for me. Oof, cannot yeah. do that. You're good <laughs> at camera stuff, man. I'm terrible at it. I cannot be comfortable in front of cameras for the life of me. It's just practice. It's, it's, it's just practice. It's man. not. I it's don't know. It is, but... <laughs> it's definitely a difficulty so that was kind of a an experience to that, that's that's actually a good segue into our next one which is not being scared to fail in front of yourself or other people, other people yeah. so going off of that even though you understand and acknowledge that you may not be the best you don't really care yeah. you're still willing to you're, do it anyways yeah, learning right because you understand there is going to be a learning curve in everything you do especially business and the failure only breeds learning experiences that mm-hmm. are eventually going to come out in your favor yeah and people giving you um interesting responses when you tell them what you're doing <laughs> yeah that, like, you that's, know that. that's always something yeah like yeah. So you always say like oh i'm i'm starting to do this business or that business and i was like oh that's great yeah that's great good for you and it's yep. like okay i can hear the uh um the tone in that voice yeah but oh well just something that just you have to it. accept and understand that even though other people don't totally get what you're doing just leave them by the wayside. You understand the path that yeah. you're on, the mission that you're on, and you just got to yeah. keep trucking through. Yeah, the people who you want to speak with will understand. Mm-hmm. They'll know, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, now, segueing into our next point perfectly, uh, you have to remain optimistic and committed. There are going to be highs and lows in entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. and you need to accept the highs for what they are, but also accept the lows for what they are. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's cyclical, and both are inevitable. Highs are going to come, and they're awesome when they do, and lows are also going to come. And when they do, you need to be ready to face them head yeah. on. And just understand that they're not forever. Yeah. Understand that the highs come with a grain of salt yep. and the lows come with a grain of sugar. Yeah. Essentially, kind of keeping yeah. that balance, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, next, keep that hard work ethic high. You're going to have to sacrifice. You need a lot of grit. Uh, entrepreneurship isn't easy. It's going to punch you in the face numerous, <laughs> numerous times. And you're just going to have to spit the blood out and say, keep going. hit me again. <laughs> Honestly, um, it, it, it's a tough road. And it's not for everybody, but if if you really do want to try to make the most out of it, then that's something that you need to be ready for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and finally, uh, digest entrepreneurial material. Um, just sort of adopt the mindset of other entrepreneurs that are already uh, where you want to be. So that can be through different vlogs or podcast articles, anything that you can really get your hands on to try to adopt the mindset of somebody who's already successful. Mm. And I think the reason why we're we're tossing all of these entrepreneurial mindset uh, factors or I guess characteristics yeah. is that that's pretty much what every article says. They mm-hmm. all say to do these things. But what the real reason is behind it is everyone wants to create a business, but they don't actually think about the mindset that comes with the creation yeah. process. They want the output, but you need to actually work on the input, which is the, the mindset that an entrepreneurial ha- entrepreneur has to create an idea. So you, right. you, you want to develop this mindset and the output will come. Yeah. 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 So that's why we toss that in. Yeah. So next, after you have developed the entrepreneurial mindset, you need to identify problems in your life, no matter how small they are or how easily they can be solved. Mm. Um, these are excellent opportunities to create a new business. Um, as Jordan said, with Uber and with Dyson, both of them were just small tweaks on already uh, existing industries that turned out to be multi-million dollar, potentially billion dollar businesses. Mm. Um, yeah so. yeah cool um, next search for products or services that haven't been changed in a very long time again uber, uber. Yeah. Uh, next look for demands that have no or limited supply in the market so you can either create a brand new industry or you can just find a market that is being uh, very very underserved at the moment uh, next listen to people's ideas and concerns either in person online or on the radio a lot of times people will tell you how you can make their life easier which eventually can lead to them being willing to pay you money to fix that problem that they're having mm-hmm. um, next you can look at your own work or professional experiences i'm sure we all have been in a workplace where things aren't necessarily as efficient as we like them to be there have been problems or holes in what they're doing that we as employees can see are incorrect or aren't the best way, aren't optimal. And it's just a matter of taking that problem that we can see in the workplace and finding a solution and creating it and selling it back to that business. Yeah. You can actually create quite a lot of, if you have any experience in an industry and you notice, uh, for example, I guess in a lot of like, I've worked in insurance and you notice that a lot of these companies have, slow moving uh department not the communication is there but it's actually the work 
the mechanisms that they use to communicate with each other are slow. Yeah. So you have to go, you have to make sure that people know, okay, this book gets reconciled on this date and that one gets reconciled on that date. So like you, you have to be, you could create a, a, a piece of software that does that, that you can sell that to business. Like with a little bit of industry knowledge, you can seek problems that people, you, sorry, you see problems that, that a company will have yep. and you can make, uh, if yeah, I guess that's just one example and you'd have to be talented in software creation, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the idea is like with a little bit of experience, you look at an industry problem that's extremely common yeah. and you can say, how can I fix that? And totally. that can create a business idea. Totally. Right? Um, lastly, you can find ideas from different research. Sorry. You can seek ideas from sources of already researched information. So for example, you can go to universities or government institutions and you can actually license different uh ideas that they've already created Mm -hmm. either that or you can just listen to podcasts like this one um look at different startups or just look at the journeys of different entrepreneurs and find different motivations and inspirations from the stories that you hear on those different resources Mm -hmm. i was actually really surprised that you were able to do that with with universities when we found that piece of information that you can actually go and take some, yeah, I didn't know uh, that either. Yeah, some master student idea, and all you, what your job is basically is not to actually like innovate a product; it's just to commercialize it. Mm-hmm. So that's I did not know that you could do that. That's kind of cool. That's very cool. Um, so next, going into the the second one is the evaluating the idea for its originality, and this is the step that breaks the most hearts, kind of thing, because everyone's had an amazing idea. And then you get to a point where, oh, I'm going to go actually look this up and see if it's already on the market or something. You find, you know, another business has done it uh, and they failed or, you know, there's a piece of, of material or process that hasn't been created and you, it's just impossible. So, yeah. there, you know, you have to validate its potential and originality. So make sure the idea is plausible. Look for potholes. This is a huge one. I actually... Uh, when I was away, I, I was in a school um, in France and... I spoke with a guy uh, from Germany who wanted to be an entrepreneur. And what he did was actually create or started to create a company with a group of friends that they wanted to customize and personalize Bic lighters. So the idea is good. Like people, it would be interesting for, for people to be able to com- like to personalize uh, their own lighters, get whatever designs you want on it, however, however you want it. But the issue is when they actually spoke to the company, the company's business model like their value creation model runs off like selling these lighters quickly they don't want people to keep them that's the thing so there's no point in personalizing something that you're going to get rid of in a week right so they didn't even they went through all this time creating the the product going spending a ton of money on this stuff and then we actually went to go sell it to these companies they didn't think through what their business models are Mm -hmm. and it just didn't work out right so it's, it's kind of frustrating but at the same time it's important to look for Look for potholes specifically, like look to destroy your business in a way. Yeah. When, once you come up with an idea, try your best to like ruin it. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. Because then you find the weaknesses, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Look at, uh, in addition to that, look at from the side of the consumer as well. Like try and figure out what a consumer sees w- in your product. Yep. Um, make sure that you survey the industry for companies that already exist. If there are existing companies, don't be discouraged. That's a big thing. Uh, if a company is already doing uh, something along the lines of what you're thinking about, you can still go for it unless they've patented the idea. And yeah, not no, absolutely. It, right? But um, don't be discouraged because then you have a first mover that you can learn from. Yep. And then you can figure out, okay, what are they doing wrong? Mm-hmm. What are what are their weaknesses? How can I adjust to, to take 
you know what their weaknesses are and make them my strengths. Definitely. Um, yeah. So research research the industry, which is pre competition, which we'll explain in the future. Uh, like before you actually research, once you've created the idea, you created your business model, you you spoken to investors, then you you want to well, I guess before you speak, spoken to investors because you have to have the information for them, but um, pre pre competition. So this is like pre looking at your competitors essentially. And it's, uh, you have to think about why aren't other companies creating this idea? What's, yeah. what's stopping from, uh, what's stopping X Walmart from, you know, putting this out on their shelves? Like, are they missing something or is there a reason why they're not making it? Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of important to know. Uh, are there restrictions, cost and inefficiencies surrounding this idea that could cause other companies to back off? So, um, there's a lot of different examples of, of a big company not willing to take, um, the jobs of smaller companies because the smaller companies are much more versatile than the mm-hmm. big ones. So they can actually do these things. Uh, I can't think of an example off the top of my head. If you can, um, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head either. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, right, let's just, on. yeah, maybe we'll go back to that. Yeah. Later on. Um, has the idea been tried and failed in the market? That's a big thing as well. Yeah. I mean, if you, maybe you not have heard of it, it was in a different part of the country at the time. Someone came up with the idea and it didn't work out. I, I guess I wouldn't be discouraged from that either because maybe there's a reason, like, technology is always changing. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely could go either way. Yeah. Um, you just need to to really understand why it didn't work in the first place, I think, and then try to make sure the reason why it didn't work originally mm-hmm. is solved with your product or service. Yeah. To avoid that same problem from reoccurring with you. Yeah. Um, our materials and services and technology. Are material services and technology required in this idea that aren't available? Yeah. I think you'd know if like a piece of tech yeah. is not available. Like if yeah, you're trying definitely. to do like a teleportation service, obviously <laughs> that's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, if there's material services and technology required that aren't available to you, so maybe they're available to like another spot in the country, or yeah. it's just too it's too expensive to get them in your area, then that mm-hmm. might be might be an issue, right? Yes. Uh, a big one is assess the financial potential. Now, this is where you have to kind of punch yourself in the face with this because you have to make sure that this business idea is financially possible. Yes. Like, you can produce... There's so many ideas where you can produce really cool products, but they're not financially, like, viable enough to be able to go for the risk. Or if you can produce them, you'd only be able to sell them at cost, mm-hmm. for example. Yep. Um... I want like if there's a a massive company out that can produce what you can produce at a much lower cost and at a much faster rate. It's extreme, like with a uh, high investment cost, essentially high capital investment. Mm-hmm. I think, um, but that would be that would be a big thing that you'd have to assess honestly and make yeah. sure that you're not getting yourself into something, not getting yourself into a competition that you can't compete in. Essentially, right. no, totally. Um, Evaluating the uh, the market, sorry, evaluating the market would be the third part, the third uh, step on our list. So it's collecting data from potential consumers, talking to your friends and family uh, has its pros and cons. First of all, with your friends and family, they're, you know, available to you. They're very easy to talk to and I'm sure they're happy to help you out. But I mean, they're a little biased. Yeah. They want to be nice to you. Oh, like yeah. this. So if you just talk to random people, um, it's a, you know, a lot harder to collect data that way, yeah. but it's more honest. Um, appraise competitors that would be I think that's a very interesting way of going about it appraising them not because I think when you evaluate them you look for weaknesses but you actually have to like say this is what they do well and you have to figure out 
say, uh, if they're able to produce something at a much faster rate at a much lower cost, you say, okay, how are they doing that? Like you have to appraise their strengths as much as evaluate their weaknesses. Definitely, essentially. definitely. Um, research trends in the industry, you can do this by you know, what we talked about before, which is digesting entrepreneurial material. Yep. Um, and even reading the newspaper or anything like that totally. would be helpful. Um, research law surrounding your product or service, that's a big one. You have to make sure what you're doing is legal. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, research complementary markets. So um, I don't even know. If you're going into a tech, if you want to create a tech product and you need batteries, it's important to kind of look at the supplementary market. Of, exactly. Let's say, for example, lithium, for example. Yeah. That's very important. You have to understand because that's where you're getting your resources to yep. create. Yeah. So um, that's actually, they. Uh, I think Nintendo, no, is... Um, DS like the switch yeah they actually didn't they didn't do that very well really? because yeah they I think it's Apple but they're using the same supplier as Apple and um, I want to say Microsoft but I don't think it is so they they didn't I don't think they did enough research into it because they these companies these supplier companies make the same mechanical parts for all these different yeah. tech companies right so they can only produce so much uh-huh. and they didn't do enough research on their suppliers to understand that Apple's also buying from them and another big tech company that uses a lot of these, um, I guess, mechan or whatever their pieces, yeah. I guess they didn't do enough research. So that's why they're, they're not, they're not in stores very, right. like they have to wait to, to, oh, for true. that supply okay. to be available for them to actually produce. So it killed, it yeah. killed their ability to make a ton of revenue in their yeah. first few. It's just interesting that even a big company like that could yeah. mess up and not have, um, not have proper information for that. Yep. Uh, does the product or service fit well culturally and geographically to your market's region? I'm assuming if you know you're you're within that culture or region, you generally understand if this yes. product is going to work. It's like selling not selling beef to India kind yeah. of thing. Like it's pretty self-explanatory not yeah. to do that. Yeah, it's more so when you're trying to enter a new market, mm-hmm. not ne- that you're not necessarily familiar with, yeah. or if you're trying to bring a product from another market and introduce it into the one that you already are residing in yeah that that's when this point is very important i think people in north america don't really appreciate the cultural and geographic distances mm-hmm. in in markets i mean you have u.s and canada which are they are there's differences in them and there's companies who have failed from canada to go in the u.s and failed from the u.s to go into canada kind yeah. of thing but if you're in somewhere like europe that's something that's extremely important because you're like France is bordering um, Switzerland, Belgium, Germany, Spain. Yeah, you know, like so they know to like look for these cultural differences, yeah. and geographic distances, right? So um, I think that's also important to keep in mind. Definitely. Do you want to go? Yeah. So next, we're going to talk about structuring the actual business as well as the team. Um, so firstly, you need to decide on how you want to financially structure your business. This can be either through bootstrapping through loans or through investment either are fine it's just a matter of the end goal you have with your business um again the the types of business that you want to start what kind of capital requirements are necessary and basically the the connections and the networks that you have Mm -hmm. access to all of these things will come into play when you're trying to raise money for your business loans versus investment is very it's important to know the difference. Like loans is you're responsible for turning a profit. 
essentially. Yeah. Okay. Like you have to be able to pay off your loan. You get mm-hmm. in trouble, right? But the the opposite of that is if you go to like external investment and getting people, you're accountable to those shareholders. Yeah. Right? They they they've invested so they expect a return. Yep. But it, it's it's a lot different if you just invest everything yourself. Yeah. So it's important to know like the consequences of each option. Totally. Right? Um, next you need to understand your entire supply chain. So from when raw materials enter your supply chain to your product getting to the end consumer, you need to have a very sophisticated idea of each step in the process and where you fit in within that process. Um, next you need to understand distribution channels. So how are you going to get your product to the consumer? Um, you can go e-commerce, you can go retail, you can go a plethora of different ways, but just understanding the most optimal channel for your business is very important when it comes to your overall success. Yeah. Um, next, you need to identify the skills that your team is going to need in order for your business to be successful. So if you have, if you're selling financial services, you're going to need a lot of people with very, very high understanding of uh, sophisticated financial theories and products. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be very helpful for you if you just have people who know a lot about sales or marketing or human resources because that isn't what you're selling. You need to have the team that can best support the vision that you're trying to make into a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, next, understand what processes that you can develop in-house and then try to figure out what products or what products, what processes you can outsource to save you either um, time time, um, or money. Finally, understand the legal structure of your business. So how are you going to structure it in terms of ownership or equity splits? Do you want to talk about that quick, Jordan? Well, um, yeah, there's just a bunch of different options. I'd say this kind of breaks into which what what team you're going to have so yeah. how you're going to structure yourself like are you going to be the sole owner of this and everyone works under you therefore now if they don't have an ownership stake in the business you're probably going to have to pay them mm-hmm. right so unless they want to do stuff for free but mm-hmm. that's something you have to take into consideration if someone has a skill set that you need to function like you said for a financial uh financial institution if you're going to start one of those yeah um and you are not a finance person, you need to understand that you need to bring someone in as an ownership role yeah. with like a finance person as an owner because yes. you'll have to pay them essentially. Yeah. And uh, it just would seem kind of silly if you don't have a finance expert in a, Definitely. a finance institution. Definitely. Uh, but that would be kind of something you'd have to consider. There's a lot of variables in ownership, but your ownership will impact your ability to do business 100%. drastically. So, and then equity splits is how you're dividing the equity of the company. Yep. If you don't pay people, they're probably going to want a piece of your company. Unless they want to work for free, and then you've hit the jackpot. Um, <laughs> now we're going to jump into the fifth part, which is writing up a business plan. So kind of to summarize, we went from finding and formulating your business idea, evaluating the idea for its originality, uh, evaluate the market, structure your business and team, and now we're on writing up a business plan. Yep. So the first thing I guess you can, you jump into for writing a business plan is who's your audience? Who are you writing for? If you are writing for yourself, you can be as informal and use whatever format you want to. If you are going to invest in your own company and you're going to, you know, you could use it as material to show people who you'd like to work with. Like this is my business model. Would you like to work with me? Um, but if you have an audience of uh, a group of investors you need to be very formal and very specific and precise on financial uh, 
information. Um, an executive summary is pretty much a, like I said, as it's worded, an executive summary of your entire business plan kind of gives the person reading the document a informative uh, summary of what you're going to be talking about. Yeah. Uh, there's tons and tons of examples of those on those online, so they're very easy to find, very easy to make. So don't yeah. worry about that. Just a little tip, actually. It might be helpful if you write your executive summary last. Yes. After afterwards. you already have yeah. put out all of the information that you need for the rest of the report, just compile whatever that is mm-hmm. into just a short, brief summary that can give people a general, almost like almost like reading the back of a book, like mm-hmm. that type of summary as to what your business is. Yeah. Um, an industry overview. That'd be the next part. Trends and current outlook. This is extre- is important for an investor to know. They want to know about what industry they're going to be investing in. If you are able to create profit in a dying industry, that's a pretty good yeah. That's a pretty good uh, selling point Definitely. for your business. Definitely. But that information about the industry is a vital piece of information. And if you don't research it properly. Uh, people don't see validation in your business because yes. let's say the industry is dying and you say, oh, I'm going to make a profit of X amount of money. People people will raise the point, well, the industry has been you know, in decline for three years mm-hmm. at 5% year yeah. over year, right? So it's like your business model is wrong now. Like yeah. you need to, need to, need to include this information. You need to show that you've, I guess, considered the outside or external risks and changes yeah. that are going on. Um, product or service description creation plan. This pretty much just goes over exactly what you're going to do, how you're going, to, what product you're making, how you're going to make it, um, the and its creation plan. So what you talked about with the supply chain, yep. that needs to be completely explained so that an investor can say, I know exactly what this person's going to be doing from step one, the very beginning, uh, all the way to it being in the stores kind of thing. Yep. Um, target market and marketing strategies. Do you have anything to say about that? Um, so depending on the type of product and who you're trying to target, you need to completely flesh out the demographic of your, of your consumer. You need to understand their age, income level, gender, um, even potentially race, if it's applicable, um, where they live and basically just create an idea of your perfect consumer. Um, when it comes to marketing strategies, just reverse engineer, how your perfect consumer reacts to different marketing. Um, Are they an avid TV watcher? Are they always on their phone? Do they open emails? Do they do do any number of things that you'll be able to take advantage of to put your product in front of them? So that's pretty much what's most important for that point. Uh, Next thing would be competitive analysis, and that's identifying the strengths and weaknesses of other companies in your industry. And if you... If you've ever been in a business class, you've done a competitive analysis. SWAT, yep. SWAT is pretty much it is strengths and weaknesses of your businesses. What is it? And then strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, opportunities, and threats. Yeah. So you'd have to look at op- the analysis of companies within your industry. Could be opportunities or it could be threats. It's something that you consider. Um, but there's another competitive analysis. Pest. Pest. Well, pestle. Pestle. That's political, Depending economic. Social, uh, social, technological, environmental, and legal. Yes, yeah. Those are there's tons and tons of templates online, so that shouldn't be an issue for a lot of people. And there they get there's variations as well. Mm-hmm. So pick one that you like, go for it. As long as you're identifying the strengths and weaknesses of other companies in your industry, and you completely understand what they're doing, 
uh, so you can kind of make adjustments for your own company. Definitely. Uh, next thing would be financial analysis. Uh, the main question for investors is what will be my return? If you are selling your business idea to an investor, it sounds bad, but unless the investor some has some sort of you know uh, ethical or societal agenda, they want to know what money they're getting out. They're mm-hmm. giving you money and power over their money, so they want to know what type of what type of return they're going to be getting. Yeah. They want to know all the financial aspects, and this is really overlooked by a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, it's one of the main reasons why businesses die because they're not careful about their uh, finances yeah they spend money and they don't they're not careful about it and it's very it's a very easily solved thing anyone can learn the basic accounting and financial uh controls for for a startup it's not it's not difficult so this is definitely something to consider and if i were to put um if i were even if let's say for example you're building this business plan for your own you don't need to worry about invest investors there's a lot of information on what investors are looking for online just type that in you'll find templates that will um basically give you an outline of what you what information you'd be putting in yep but if you're doing this for yourself i'd say there's two major things that you need to need to need to um create which is an expense plan and then a pricing model right right um expense plan would be from the exact inception of the idea to it being sold on on the uh on the store in the store on online i was gonna go online i decided to go uh so but what a lot of people miss is what they'll do is they'll say, okay, it cost me $10 to buy this plank of wood. And then it took, you know, $7 and all the materials I used to create a table. Obviously you can't do that with a plank of wood, but you kind of gave up planks of wood. Um, but what they've, what they're forgetting, the expenses that they're not including are the gas it takes for you to drive to the store, buy everything. And then the gas it takes for you to drive back. The insurance on the car would be another expense that you could include. Yeah. You need to basically understand every single expense that you incur while you're creating your product right if you miss them that's will that will cost you money and if you don't include them your pricing model that you build off your expenses will be wrong right and then you you find out that you're not making money at the end of the year and you're like what the heck what the heck happened yep. my profit margins are huge on my products i don't know what's going on yeah um definitely a pitfall you want to avoid yeah um so next let's talk about actually creating a product so to do this, first, you need to source the materials that you're going to need to really create the product, create the processes around transforming those uh, raw materials into the product, and then solidify the final designs for whatever features or aesthetics that you want to add to make your product unique. Next, you want to record all transactions and track expenses, yep. if you want to just riff on that for a second. Well, that's just kind of what I was talking about. Yeah. It's, it, you need... From your prototype, you're going to be basing your pricing model off of that. Yes. Like I said, so you, every every single expense that you incur needs to be recorded down so you know it it, it cost me $100 to make this product yep. and I have to add on my profit margin. Now, another thing that entrepreneurs tend to miss as well, or startup companies, is that your time is value. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if, if you were creating products that you love, that's great. But if you're only making $25,000 a year... You can't live off that. No, you need, especially if you have a family or anything like 100%. that. Like your the the profit that you're making on your businesses is basically the value for your time. So you need to value your time properly. If you're just starting out, obviously there's a, there's very limited things you can do. Yeah. Like you're gonna have to take thirty thousand dollars a year for a year or two. Like yeah. that might need to happen for your business to survive. Yeah. But at some point, you have to figure out. Okay, my an hour of my work 
is valued at X amount yeah. and that needs to be included. Yep. So, um, those type like different expenses that you're not used to, you know, just totally. Yeah, totally. So next you need to put your product or service through multiple tests to create the standards that you'll be able to explain to consumers when they're making their purchasing decisions. So just test each and every part of your product to ensure you are coming out with a product that you're happy with that meet your standards, both morally, ethically, and commercially, and then be able to communicate what those standards are Mm -hmm. for your consumers. And lastly, create a minimum viable product or an MVP. Um, Just because your product isn't necessarily perfect at that given point doesn't mean that you can't put it out as long as it fulfills what you've promised to consumers. Um, by doing this, you'll be able to get firsthand reactions from your market and really understand what people are satisfied with and what they're unsatisfied with when it comes to your product. And you can iterate and adapt accordingly. Um, the seventh and last step would be to finalize products and execute on all of your planning. So ensure all legal requirements are fulfilled before you put anything on the market. This is very important because you will get sideswiped if you do not prepare yourself and understand the legal ramifications of what you're doing. Um, If you sell faulty products to people, or even if you're, let's say, selling food to people, that's a big thing. Like you need to understand what legal and uh, what would be safety requirements, all the... Yeah, just all of that Check all the boxes, essentially. Yep. Yeah. Um, Product and service quality is tested. Um, Probably one of the worst things you can do is... Put out a put out a product on the on the on the market and say it's one thing and then the quality or is the complete opposite. Yeah. And it completely falls apart because not only is your first product that you put out on the market not good enough, yeah. but people now have that as a reputation. That's the only thing they experience from your business. Yeah. That can just destroy you right Absolutely. before you even get out of the gate kind of thing, yeah. right? So you have to ensure that the product and service quality has been tested and is perfect. Um, or at least up to standards. Yep. Uh, find an optimal price point for product slash service. Um, use info from industry, market prototype, and overall business expenses to formulate it. Um, this is what we talked about when it comes to tracking all, every single uh, expense. Um, a little bit more on that also is that there's, I think from, again, basic business courses, is there's fixed expenses and there's variable expenses. So a variable expense would be something like it cost me $5 to buy a piece of wood. Yep. Uh, but the gas that it takes for me to drive, I can drive 20 pieces of wood from the store to my house. Yes. Right. So that is a fixed cost. The gas for the, for the car doing that is a fixed cost, but you can get the, the uh, variable cost is how many pieces of wood you buy, uh-huh. but you're for sure going to have to pay for gas there and back. You see yes. what I'm going yes, for? Yes, absolutely. So that, that is also something that um, should be included in your expense tracking. Totally. But uh, once you figure that out, you're able to build out a, pr- a price that you're happy with and that's competitive and, um, you know, competitive in the industry. Absolutely. Yeah. So guys, that is going to be the end of this episode. Like Jordan said at the beginning, we will be coming out with an ebook that will outline in more detail each and every one of these points to hopefully help you guys get started on your business. Just give you some basic steps that'll help you make sure that you're checking off all the boxes that you need to, to be able to take your business as far as possible. Um, I will leave all of the relevant 
information in the show notes down below. Please review the podcast and subscribe if you enjoyed it. Um, Send us some feedback by connecting with us on Instagram, and we will see you in the next one. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.